If you enjoy interdisciplinary, you should check out Healwell's new show, The Rub, a podcast about massage therapy. You can click the link in the show notes or find The Rub wherever you listen to podcasts. See you there. Associated Bodywork and Massage Professionals, ABMP, is proud to sponsor the interdisciplinary podcast from Healwell. Massage therapists and body workers who choose ABMP membership get much more than comprehensive liability insurance to protect from lawsuits, including our members-only pocket pathology and five-minute muscles apps. Putting muscle-specific technique videos and helpful information at your fingertips, five-minute muscles has been updated with more than 80 cadaver dissection videos from Dr. Joe Muscolino to provide an even more in-depth understanding. Join ABMP to see for yourself why our members expect more and get more from their association. Welcome to Season 11 of Interdisciplinary. I am Corey Rivera here with my co-host, Laura Bryant-Erner. It's a special day, and we're discussing the sustainability of massage. But before we do that, please don't forget about our live in-person oncology massage classes. We'll be in Oak Park August 11th through 13th. That's in Illinois and Chicagoland. And in Fairfax, Virginia, September 22nd through the 24th, you can sign up at online.healwall.org. This season is sponsored by the wonderful people at ABMP. And now the moment you've been waiting for the pun. Y'all ready? Here we go. Never upset a pediatric nurse. They have very little patience. But I'm saying. There it is. There it is. I'm very proud of that one. As though I wrote it myself, which I did not, but that's okay. So I have um, to say that when you were saying, when you, when you said that, um, here's the moment you're waiting for, I was like, yes, we get to talk to our next guest. And then we had to do a pun. So I'm, I'm contractually obligated. I'm sorry, <laughs> but we do have a special guest. Um, part of our journey into sustainability is to speak to other massage professionals about their experiences. And, um, you'll find that many have common threads, but all are unique. So today's special guest, would you introduce yourself? And waiting for the special guest. Where are they? <laughs> They'll be here in about five minutes, but if you want to go first, then okay. that would be great. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, good morning. My name is Ken Brown. Um, I am a massage therapist uh, working for Hillwell currently, um, uh, mostly covering uh, a couple of different Life with Cancer programs uh, in Northern Virginia. Uh, so that's the short version, I guess. And and providing massage in the infusion centers. So, Ken, this is the first time I have met you. Um, I think I'm the only one who hasn't met you, and I'm excited because I've heard a lot about you. So now Uh-oh. that you um, have those expectations put upon you, uh, my first question for you is why massage? Um, well, uh, a few different reasons. Um, say I can give the the long version that I give people um or we can go with the the short slightly shorter elevator speech but okay much, much shaking of heads 
fine, 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 fine. Um, so uh, in my misspent youth-ish um, in the groups that I was in, I was the the kind of the back rubber guy. Um, I may or may not have uh, have done that in the the misplaced hopes that you know it would get, do me well with uh, with dating, which it did not. So, but that is life. Uh, but it did start a kind of an interest in in massage. Um, so, I at one point I looked into uh, becoming a massage therapist. It, that particular time i was uh i was gainfully and employed with a 40 hour uh night you know monday through friday job and when i looked into becoming a massage therapist there were three massage schools in the northern virginia area one was in dc one was in baltimore and one was in charlottesville since I was living out near Dulles Airport at the time, there was no way that I could consistently get to Georgetown in D.C. three nights a week by 6.30. Uh, so I just kind of put massage on a back burner and didn't think about it for a while. Uh, then I was, uh, at that time, I was working as doing accounts payables uh, for a telecommunications company, and I was my particular job was paying phone bills for all of the lines that we had. Uh, as one can imagine, spending eight hours a day paying phone bills, not that exciting. Also a job where if you do it well, no one cares. If you mess up, oddly enough, everyone cares and you hear about it. So at one point, management was getting a little bit odd. And I was thinking, mm, I probably don't want to stay with these people long term. So I said, well, what could I do? And I looked around at a few a few options. Uh, I looked at possibly becoming a uh, physical therapist and said, which is when I learned that, hey, PT programs are, the short ones are master's degree programs and the long ones are doctorate programs that generally you start when you go into college. Sure do. And I said, hmm, well, I guess since I was uh, right around 40-ish at the time, I said, mm, I don't think I want to go back to school for eight to 12 years at this point, uh, which also, you know, put an end to any ideas of, oh, becoming a forensic pathologist or anything else in the high-end medical field. Not that massage therapy does isn't very helpful, but it does not require the same length of training. Uh, so I looked into massage therapy again. And at that point, there were five massage schools in Northern Virginia proper. Um, and I said, well, since there is now a school within half an hour of me, I can do this. So I went back to school. I enrolled. Uh, the program ran for about 11 months. Um, it was a part-time program, which means that you are there part-time most days not so for the 11 months i was at the school between five and seven days a week for some amount of time um by the end of that year the uh management had kind of turned around it was back to being you know normal management type and not hostile i said oh well i'm kind of risk averse and perhaps a touch lazy so i'll just hang out here for a while longer about four months after I graduated, word leaked out that the company was going to be outsourcing all of their accounting positions or their finance positions overseas. 
So I stuck around with them for a few more months in order to get my severance. And then I, uh, when that wrapped up, I said, okay, well, let's look into this massage thing. Um, I had not followed through with all of the paperwork at the end of massage school. And so when I went to take tests and get a license with the state, everybody was like, oh, we have no record of that. So I had to go back to my school and have them resubmit all of the paperwork because it had taken me more than, I guess, six months or whatever the odd deadline they had assigned to it. Uh, So they had apparently purged all of the paperwork that had originally been submitted. So I got everything resubmitted and uh, then eventually moved over into massage as my primary source of income. So I guess that's the longish version then there's more a more story of how i ended up at Healwell, but that's perhaps a secondary question that you will eventually ask well i don't, <laughs> don't want to jump ahead but i'm i'm curious now about so how long have you been in massage as a full-time job um or a full-time profession uh, i'd have to actually look up when i finish school but it's it's bordering on 15 years now so as, i with I'm massage just, as my primary source of income. Okay. Um, I'm just hoping that, you know, you're not hanging around with us just because it's, you know, the path of least resistance. <laughs> um, no, not, Good. I mean, I wouldn't say complete. I mean, massage is very fulfilling. I mean, I love working with people, um, you know, but I also recognize that, you know, there are, other things that I probably could do, and I have thought occasionally about, well, what's the next chapter? And but, yeah, I am slow to make make decisions, and and as always, it's like, oh well, I could do this, or I could do this, or I could do this, because I'm not really tied down to anything, and I haven't figured out which of the thises would be best uh, that I would be best able to do and supplement around remaining a massage therapist. Um, so for for the listeners who maybe are not familiar with the life with cancer infusion and table program so let me just throw that piece of information out so the work that ken does and, and ken please feel free to to speak more about this but you know the the ken is working at the fair oaks infusion center through inova um hospitals and he is there twice a week providing massage for care partners and patients receiving in receiving infusions at Fair Oaks and then also providing table massages through the Life with Cancer uh, free massage program for Inova patients. And you have been doing the, the free table massage program for about three years. How long have you been doing the infusion program, Ken? Uh, I, my, best, my best estimate is now about five years. Um, the, the medical spa that I worked with worked at prior to working with Heal Well, uh, had been already working with uh, with Life with Cancer. And so I was working in the infusion, the, uh, the Fair Oaks infusion suite and doing some work at Loudoun uh, Hospital in infusion and, and Radonc, uh, radiation oncology. Um, so I was already working with some Life with Cancer programs uh, through the medical spa that I was with prior to Heal Well. Um, and the 
the medical spa closed down and Healwell contacted me. And so a couple months after I finished, after the, uh, my work with the spa wrapped up, I was back on the same programs, back in the same infusion suites, seeing many of the same nurses and patients that I had been prior to uh, coming over and beginning my time working with Healwell. I remember the meeting that we had with the administrator at Fair Oaks and she had pulled out the um, feedback sheet from your, <laughs> from your previous incarnation and in that in the infusion program. And it was, it was pages of accolades for Ken's working with the patients. So what, what drew you to um, quote unquote air bunnies oncology massage? How did, where did you do that training and how did you get into this field so um the my previous employer was a medical spa that had been that was attached to a uh, medical practice the owner of the medical practice was uh, very much interested in uh, complementary medicines had a very broad spectrum of services available through her program so uh, she had opened the medical spa where we had a massage therapy team and a team of master estheticians. We had a um, a nurse who is doing, or sorry, a uh, I think she's a uh, she's actually a PA who is doing injectables. Uh, the the practice also had naturopathic doctors and acupuncturists and nutritionists, and so a wide variety of complementary medicines that were associated with uh in order to to kind of back up and provide some other options to traditional uh western medicine um so to a large extent we were a medical spa because of the work done by the estheticians um in most locations to the best of my understanding medical spas get that designation because they're overseen by a doctor at some level or another uh, licensed medical professional who takes responsibility. But for the, to a large extent, it was because the estheticians that we did with their supervision had access to more invasive or more aggressive forms of aesthetic treatment. So laser services and uh, stronger peels, uh, dermatite, uh, dermaplaning uh dermaplaning work things like that that might break the skin uh in a you know, for a positive result but so the estheticians were kind of what really ha had us up at a medical level if you were so the the people running the massage team at the time said were looking around saying well what can we do to up the game of the massage team to bring the massage team more in line with a medical spa and give them a little more cachet, a little more, you know, a little more focus. So we looked around at several things and you know, sad to say, but medical, medical massage as a thing is a little um, unregulated and a little uh, slapdash, if you will, where there are several programs that offer training in quote medical massage uh but those different programs some of them i'm certain are very good but there is no national or federal oversight to it so 
anyone could kind of create this program and say, oh, well, what I'm doing is medical massage. Um, so we had also, so we looked at other options and the, um, the leaders of the massage team at the time were, had been, had some passing familiarity with oncology massage and said, well, why don't we get all of our massage team trained through for oncology massage? And that will be our thing. Um, it, we had also looked at uh, like post-surgical recovery, things like that. But if you're not directly associated with a surgeon, then you don't really get a lot of that kind of business coming your way. Same thing with sports rehab. If you're not directly connected to either um, a PT program or uh, a chiropractor who does sports rehab, things like that, then you're then it's kind of hard to get those as a walk-in basis, essentially. So, so we look. So we said, okay, well, let's get everybody trained with oncology massage. Um, so we did a little bit of in-house training and we looked around, we found some programs where we could go and get uh, training outside. Um, and I happened to uh, find a, uh, uh, at the time it was an extended program, it was a five-day uh, program that was being run down at the, um, oh, I'm forgetting the the name, but uh, down at the Casey Institute. Anyway, um, so went down there um, and went to the class, which oddly enough was taught by uh, this person who is kind of really be building a name for themselves in uh, the oncology area named Cal Cates. Um, after I came to work for Keelwell and I mentioned to Cal that I had taken one of their classes five-ish years ago, uh, the and initial response was i'm sorry um well i was so, gonna say that so that's good so I, I i think that that cal has um upped their game on on their teaching their understanding of oncology massage but nonetheless it was a the start for me um so we came back uh we got all of our massage therapists trained in oncology massage um which again was not um, you know, not having an oncologist on the the medical staff meant that made that a little bit of a difficult buy-in. Trying to you know put ourselves out there since with without the the direct support of a program, um, you know, oncology patients already have a lot going on, and trying to then say, oh, well, I want a massage that I'm paying out of pocket for, and I have to schedule with everything else, you know, just it was not the the most feasible approach um then one of the therapists working at the spa was diagnosed with a with a brain tumor and went into treatment herself um and a large part of that treatment ended up being through uh the radonc uh department at Loudon, and so when she completed her treatments, she very much wanted to us to work to in some way kind of as a thank you to the people who had helped her and so she really pushed us to get involved with um with the programs out at um 
out at Loudon, and I think that's when our first the first contact really for the medical spa I was with first started working with life with cancer um, and so then we just kind of focus you know we we did that as a side um when the spa closed down and then I transitioned over to Healwell and just stuck with and have stayed with the life with cancer programs that are you know, available and that I've had the privilege to support for a couple of years now. I know you said you're um, sort of a leaf blowing in the wind kind of guy as far as your professional um, or at least your current occupation. It sounds like you have a lot of ideas otherwise, Um, but what's your favorite thing about being a massage therapist? Um, The thing that I like most about being a massage therapist was is kind of the change from my previous profession. The previous profession, it didn't really matter if you did your job. Um, doing being a massage therapist and especially working with um, the oncology patients and in the infusion suites, if I'm doing a, a good job, then I know I have made a change and have improved that person's day day right then right there and you know getting positive immediate positive feedback for what you're doing is very helpful um and very encouraging to uh yeah try to keep you motivated and yeah give you the the positive experiences of being a massage therapist and then the follow-up question, what's your least favorite thing? Um, probably paperwork. But <laughs> um, uh, other than that, um, you know, least, least favorite thing is probably is, you know, I start to get a little older, a little more out of shape is and trying to keep up and trying to well okay the problem isn't staying within my my limitations it's when i don't stay in within my limitations as i mm-hmm. start as i need to you know create better boundaries and adjust body mechanics to make sure that i'm not injuring myself and so that i am able to uh maintain in the profession and keep working we'll be right back Do you want to change the world? So do we. Join Healwell this September in Arlington, Virginia, when we host the event to remember. There will be classes and conversations. There will be old friends and new ones. And yes, there will be dancing. Come to Healwell Homecoming and let's keep this ball rolling. I do feel like as we get older, um, there's less room for cheating, <laughs> that kind of stuff. Like you can get away with so much more earlier. And then you're like, oh, that really hurt. I shouldn't have done that uh, for three hours today. To to some extent. Um, but that, that in some ways, uh, one of my kind of big philosophical, if you will, views on massage therapy was always looking at... Um, 
kind of our drop the drop-off points in massage and you know it, when i looked at that it and kind of mentally thought about it there seemed to be a big drop-off in for massage professionals at about three years and another at seven years um and from my time in, in massage the kind of the completely non-scientific conclusions that I came to on that was that the three-year drop was um, people who at the end of it at three years came to the conclusion that they that their income was not high enough and that despite the fact that you know some massage schools you know it's like oh well you can work 40 hours a week and if you're charging a hundred dollars massage and you're doing 40 hours that's four grand how much money that is exactly if it works Um, that way yeah yes but you know very few massage therapists are doing 40 hours of hands-on work a week um yeah very few well i can't say very few but so I, my belief was that at that, that was about the time when a lot of people dropped out saying, I need to do something that earns me more money. The second dropout at about seven years from talking to people appeared to be seven years was where people who are not using good body mechanics, where their aches, pains, and personal uh, injuries built up to the point where they felt they had to drop out because they could no longer provide massage due to uh, repetitive stress injuries, you know, pain in the thumbs, the wrists, the elbows. And because, because it seemed very much like, you know, in looking at the online groups and things that, you know, after, you know, after about seven years, then people would, would, push up into 10, 15, 20 years of experience. And it just seemed like there was this drop off. And so it seemed like the people who had worked longer had figured out either better body mechanics or had moved into particular modalities that put less stress on their body and allowed them to continue uh, working for longer periods of time. So Yes, uh, I'm probably. I feel like I'm getting to the point where I need to reassess my body mechanics and uh, just address how I am working so that I can continue to work. So I know this is a question that people tend to use to close out a podcast. So I just want to make sure that everyone knows this is not. Oh, that's not what's okay. happening right now. <laughs> <laughs> Are but you I'm, sure? I am sure. <laughs> I am very sure. Uh, but I'm curious, Ken, about you know. With what you just said about the the dropout rates and the, the lessons that you've learned, so turning that around and looking at so so if you were talking to somebody who was applying for massage school or going into massage school like next week, what would you say to them? Um, well, to, to some extent, it, the uh, the same th- the same things that that had happened when or the advice that I got when I was looking to becoming a massage therapist. Um, which was to kind of before going into massage school is to sit down and and look at why you are interested in going into massage um because you know at that at the time when i was in school uh i think it was running at about probably about 12,000 um overall between tuition and supplies and things so at this point it's probably closer to 20 
And it was just pointed out for, you know, $15,000, you can get trained in a lot of different things. Is massage really where you want to spend that money? Um, so it's kind of look at why you want to move in, go into massage. And if you're, if you decide that massage is where you want to go, learn good body mechanics, um, because that's how you have longevity. Um, you know, because you, you can't help others if you are hurting yourself. And so you just need to, you know, figure out how to do things, you know, because yes, I can use a whole lot of grip strength, but then at the end of the day, you know, I, I've heard other massage therapists who talk about, oh, when I was in school, we do massage and then, you know, I have to go home and soak my hands in an ice bath. And my thought was, well, if your hands hurt that badly while you're in school, then something wasn't quite right because, you know, you shouldn't, yeah, you know, you we're not, you know, while we, what we do is very physical. We're not professional athletes who need to do ice baths after the end of a day's work. Or I suppose maybe there are some therapists who, you know, can manage to do that, but yeah, most professional athletes are only professional athletes for, you know, five years. So if that's your approach to massage, then think of yourself as a, you know, professional massage athlete and expect your, your career expectancy to be the same in that, you know, Maybe you'll last as long as a professional athlete does if you, your training is that similar to it. Um, but, yeah, sadly, very few massage therapists earn, earn money like, you know, most professional sports athletes do. So, yeah. I, uh, I really like that comparison, actually, that if you're going to be rough and tough in massage, then expect your career length to be about even with other rough and tough professions. That makes sense to me. Um, Ken, if you could change one thing about massage therapy in general, is there anything you would change? Um, or many things, that's also okay, <laughs> okay too, as you just um, left. <laughs> the, well, it's probably the biggest thing that, that I would change isn't necessarily about massage so much as the way that massage is viewed from the outside um, and trying to find a way to bring it more in line with the positive healthcare aspects as opposed to, you know, the, most of the time, if you hear about massage in the news in some way, it's going to be in a negative context. Um, and, you know, I find that can be kind of discouraging. Um, so kind of changing the attitude of how we view it, um, you know, yes, massage can be a luxury, but it can also be a integral part of your healthcare and your physical well-being um it 
you know, massage, you know, isn't necessary. Like other things in your life, you massage is not necessarily something that you want to to lowball. Um, you know, if you, you know, but if the best, you know, if the massages that you can afford are all through Groupon, well, even you know, then use Groupon massages. Um, and but just because you're using Groupon doesn't mean you can't be a little picky about the qualifications of your therapist. Um, you know, don't be afraid to talk to your therapist. You know, it is always your time. Uh, the the client is investing their time, their money, and you know, putting their body on you know out there for the massage therapist to work with. So when there are things that need to be changed, talk to your therapist. If your therapist doesn't listen to you, then you probably don't want them as your therapist anymore. Um, but just trying to raise the view of massage um, yeah, away from being, oh, it's a luxury that you know, only rich people do, or it is, you know, massage is just a front for, for the sex industry. Um, and yeah, it's well, then we really need to separate that out and allow that to be its own industry and its own thing so that people aren't then using massage as a cover for it. Um, you know, just because we are in close contact with a person does not make it, you know, it is intimate in the way that we are contacting people it is not sexual those are very different things but we often have a hard time in separating those two things out uh so really the thing that the thing i think the thing i would change most is really kind of public view of massage and you know where it falls in the healthcare system so if you were our new ambassador for the public view of massage do you have a story or an experience um that you would use to try and convince people that it's not what they thought it was um that one's that one's a little hard there's it's it's difficult um you know i've had several i've had a few clients that i've worked with um over the years who it you know, very much, you know, who, who've kind of touched me, who were that, that, you know, who've told me how much they feel that I've helped them. Um, when I was, uh, I had one client that I worked with, uh, probably close to, uh, every month or every other month while I worked at the medical spa who, uh, credited me and massage and working with me with uh her not having to get the next surgery that had been uh proposed to her as her primary option uh before she came and started seeing me and so you know not saying that that she might not have done equally well if she had had the surgical procedure but just the fact that you know she saw massage as part of her ongoing physical health care 
that provided her relief and mobility and you know allowed allowed her to avoid um you know going under the knife which yeah i was glad to be able to provide an option for her um yeah so at the very least i think you know for years i did no harm and and helped her get through her daily you know her day-to-day -day life um yeah so so that that's a positive experience to to try to you know to up to to bring up um i'm not sure where what other stories i mean i there i've seen a, a number of clients over the years but i don't know you know whose stories i would be necessarily willing to pull out to say hey see this is you know some of the good that massage can do um yeah then i then there are the times where you know it it's not that massage did did badly but you know after like there was one one client who you know who's stuck in my mind who came in who's very very stiff very you know in pain uh came come in came in for a sports massage um after i finished you know working with him for you know for 90 minutes of sports massage got up and said great now i can go play in the playoff game tomorrow so I, well i'm glad that he that he felt better but it, it also made me feel like okay that the, whatever good I did in that massage is not going to last very long for him because he's going to go right back out there. And because he feels better now, he's going to push beyond what he probably should. But, you know, it was his choice to make. And I can't, you know, there's nothing else I could do other than say, yeah, good luck with the game. Um, and then there, you know, there are other occasions that's that stick out um since we were uh the medical spa was was associated with the medical practice we occasionally tried to uh increase our our clientele by offering free chair massage to people who had come in to the medical practice um i had a uh client who came in uh one day after his uh, appointment over with the medical practice who came uh, came in i worked on him and uh by the before i finished the 10 minute chair massage uh he was being violently ill uh, it was only after i we cleaned up and I, and I talked to him that that i found out that oh well he had gone into the medical practice because he had the flu and had already been kind of feeling sick to his stomach and it's like oh no I, I really kind of wish that, you know, maybe then we shouldn't have actually done a massage today, but he didn't tell me what was going on. So I, you know, I also view that as a little bit of, you know, well, I guess I didn't do quite enough intake to find out what was going on with him uh, prior to getting him into the massage chair. I, I think we've all had those clients where information that would have been good to know 10 minutes before being shared, you know. <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> well, that, that kind of brings me back to what you were talking about before, Ken, about so many things that we could unpack, but, you know, communication, 
and how we communicate with the clients and how they communicate with us and how we communicate with other providers. Do you feel like the massage school that you went to really prepared you for that aspect of your job? Because I can say, you know, I had a great teacher, but she was one out of a team and she was the only one that talked about communication. Well, to, to a large extent, you know, the, so the school that I went to, we had a, the design of their program was that we had all of our massage work, body work, physiology, anatomy. Uh, we had all of those, but then we had um, guest speakers who would come in on Friday nights and weekends to talk about their areas. So we, that's when we got, you know, those, we called those exposure hours. So that's when, you know, we had people coming in teaching Reiki or teaching uh, Lomi Lomi or other massage modalities. But we also had some people who came in to talk about marketing or um, working in a, in a hospital setting, things like that. So we had a little bit of exposure, but the structure of the school was not such to really set us up to work in a hospital or medical type environment. Um, you know, I have, you know, I've kind of stumbled into that a little bit uh, in the working with the life with cancer programs, but even working with with all of the life with cancer programs and being in the infusion suites, we're still, you know, or the work that I'm doing is, is really still adjunct to their medical um, treatments. I'm, you know, we're not, I'm not directly a part of, of their medical treatment. I'm not part of, you know, their medical team because that level of you know that level of of education is beyond what I have sought out and what I have done. Um, could the school I went to have have had more exposure and more work to try to get us um, set better set to interact with the medical profession? Yes, um, but I don't you know other than than. You know, the programs that I know that Healwell runs where we do where some of our the education programs that are uh, hospital based work, uh, which I think, you know, I have I have not taken the opportunity to pursue one of those uh, one of those programs. But my understanding is that those programs are a lot more in a med- in the hospital, in the medical facility program that teach you how to work around and with you know people in that setting um so i think that generally massage therapy massage therapists um if massage is to be integrated better with the healthcare programs and yes massage training does need to up that um in how to work with the with others in the medical profession, um, you know, I, to some extent, our language or the precision of our language needs to change. Um, but yeah, even so, we the understanding of 
that the others in the medical profession have about massage and what massage can do or does do is also lacking because everybody stays focused in their lane. And, you know, so we've gotten, you know, when I was working at the spa, one of the things that we often wanted was, oh, well, yeah, do you have your approval from your doctor? Um, well, sure, the doctor has has now given you, you know, permission and said, sure, you know, yeah, they had a they they had a, a deep vein thrombosis, but that you can do deep tissue work on them because the doctors don't don't really know how massage interacts with what they are actually doing and so to some extent it is on the massage therapist to understand what area you as a massage therapist want to work in to educate yourself to better integrate um you know when i was working you know when i work in a spa that's great work very meaningful but the notes that i'm that i'm taking that i'm keeping are going for the most part, were more focused on what they were getting in the spa experience than necessarily if a medical professional then came back and looked at those notes at a later date because something happened. You know, from a medical side, you know, from a medical point of view, those notes are probably garbage um, at best. You know, they don't give them any real information. Um, that's you know, that's also a learning process. I suspect that a lot of my, the notes that I'm even taking, that I take now while are using better verbiage and are more focused and I think are giving better information than I used to when I was working in the spa. If they, the people on the medical team were looking at them to try to get insight into what I was doing, it probably wouldn't help them at all still. Well, I just want to follow up with a shameless plug for Healwell's Adult Stewardship coming up at MedStar Washington Hospital Center this October from uh, October 30th to November 4th. There you go. Shameless. Shameless. Uh, Ken, I feel like we would be remiss not to address um, that you are a minority in the massage profession as you use he, him pronouns. Yes. This um, is true. How? What kind of experiences has that led to? Um, most, I've I've had very few negative experiences for it. Um, in, uh, I actually in re- when I look back, I feel that I was extraordinarily lucky to. Um, to get the job at the medical spa that I did um, because at the time when I was hired, uh, they had, while they were, the spa was still expanding, but I was actually the third male therapist to come onto staff at the time, Um, which, you know, I recognized was highly unusual since I think in my, in my, the, the, in my massage class, I think there were four male therapists in my class of uh, 22, 25 people. Um, 
but so I so I look back and find myself very lucky uh, that they were willing to take the risk of bringing on a third male therapist, since um, you know I have a fairly good luck, but I still ha do occasionally get people who don't want me to work on on them uh, because I'm male. Um, I have. When when talking about it, sometimes I the uh, the opinion that that I get is or the feeling I get is when I'm working when I'm dealing with people and especially dealing with uh, with men, uh, the feeling is that I have gotten from them is that yeah, if I'm working on his girlfriend, then he really would prefer that you know. That, that I were gay, but if I was working on him, then he very much wants me to be heterosexual. Um, and I think that says more about the insecurities of the client than it does about, in, or about those men than it does about anything else. But I also recognize that there are extremely valid reasons for patients not to, you know, want to have a male therapist. Um, you know, I don't know, unless they decide to share it with me, I don't know their history. I don't know what other problems they have, they may have run into. Um, you know, it's, and so it can be a little limiting. Uh, sometimes it seems a little, yeah. I find that I occasionally sit and try to keep from talking because I do recognize that even though I may not have the most experience in such, there are occasions where um, if I was the only, the only male in on a call or on something else, due to being a gray bearded white male, that people would let me talk and dominate a discussion, even if I didn't actually have the most experience just because I happen to fit those, those categories. Um, so I, I, so sometimes I am consciously holding back and to not engage because I don't want to scare other people off of participating in conversations. I don't want, you know, I don't want, to be somehow dominating the conversation in my inexperience just because other people are deferring to me when they really shouldn't be. So, you know, so I've found that sometimes it's, it's feels like it's the, the prudent thing to do for me to just, you know, hold back unless there is something, a direct experience that I can add to a conversation. Um, yeah, I haven't, yeah, be, because I've only worked for a few companies, I haven't really felt like there. I've had any negative effects for not being able to find a position in the massage field. Um, yeah, I don't think that I've had, yeah, I I have had people who are concerned that, you know, oh, well, he's, he's male, he's going to do, you know, he may do something inappropriate. Um, my general feeling on that is I really don't think I'm going to do any 
anything inappropriate. I'm not going to expose you for two seconds and throw away a 15-year career for two seconds of looking at you. I, 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 you may be beautiful, but you are not that beautiful. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, and <laughs> I'd like my career. Thank you. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I feel like I, you know, I, I often find myself is not, you know, is being in a minority if I am going to classes or, or things, but I haven't had any real, I don't feel that I have had a negative, uh, experience in my massage career due to being male. Um, yeah, I don't know if, yeah, I don't think that I've been passed up for, for anything since, you know, at the, at the spa, I eventually be, moved up to leading the, the massage team, but that's probably just because, you know, I didn't keep my mouth shut. And so I ended up taking on more responsibility and helping to do things and organize things just because someone had to. And so, you know, in that, I guess I was being kind of a pushy person, but uh, since most of the uh, other massage therapists who had been with me for, you know, as long as I did uh, moved up into management positions, I, whereas I stayed with the massage team, I, you know, don't feel like I was, you know, being really, you know, unf you know, I don't. I don't feel like I was really getting preferential treatment on taking over the the leads for some of the positions. Sounds like mostly you were the willing person as opposed to a pushy person. Um, sure, the person who wasn't smart enough to say no. One That's of the, the willing person. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine everybody on this call has been that person. It it is interesting and fulfilling work. Um, yeah, it, it, I believe, do believe that it has helped a little bit with, um, yeah, my thinking forward and uh, my, yeah, talking to people. Um, although I still am not, uh, have never developed the, the skill to quickly interview people. Um, so new clients often take, you know, a lot. I talk to them probably longer than is ideal given time frames available, but we but I still try to uh yeah get through is get all of the inform the needed information in order to work with them successfully and effectively and to address whatever concerns they happen to have. Thank you so much, Ken, for being here and participating in this oh, um, little exploration welcome. we're going on. Uh, Hopefully you can edit things and, you know, make it sound like a nice, intelligent conversation. That's all on Rebecca. <laughs> I'm happy, happy to report. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Ken. Oh. And uh, the brownies will be in the mail or the next time I see you. Uh-huh. I might have heard that before. You might have. <laughs> I mean, they do show up every now and then. You got to give me credit sometimes. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you for... Uh, for letting me share some time and uh, whatever nominal insight you feel I may have given given out, or at least uh, perhaps a slightly different in, uh, viewpoint. So but thank you for uh, letting me share uh, some story time.
Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Thank you for listening to this episode of Season 11 of Interdisciplinary. New episodes are available every Saturday on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, you can send us an email. Let us know what you think at podcast at healwell.org. We want to hear from you with your thoughts, your show ideas, pictures of your animals, whatever you'd like to send us. You can also support the show by leaving us a review wherever you listen to this podcast. Your review with your words really helps us to get in front of more people and keep creating content for you. And uh, you can support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash interdisciplinary. And when you support us on Patreon, you become a super secret squirrel and you get access to episodes of interdisciplinary early and ad free along with super secret bonus material that's patreon.com slash interdisciplinary if you want to learn with us in person you can or online you can check out all of our classes at online.healwell.org we have coming up oncology massage in oak park illinois just outside chicago in august in Fairfax, Virginia in September, and we have our Hospital Massage Therapy Stewardship Program, Hospital-Based Massage, in Washington, D.C. in October. So check it out at online.healwell.org. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next week. Interdisciplinary is produced by Healwell. Our theme music is by Harry Pickens. New episodes are available weekly through your favorite podcast outlet. Uh, and you can send us an email at podcast at healwell.org. That's podcast at healwell.org. Thanks for listening.